Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. You know, I mean, everybody loves the blues. I do as well. I mean, they're great for the bottom line. They're great for morale. But the reality is that 60 some odd million bonds out to be $108 million. We obligated ourselves uh, for 30 years to pay for upgrades to a facility that we don't own. It's a real breakdown in trust. We know that we have communities that do not trust our police department. Um, and you are calling for an emergency and you get a recording, it's absolutely devastating. Fixing 911 will be a key strategy for, for rebuilding that trust. Would you support regional governance for this airport that's currently owned and run by St. Louis City? I would support looking at it, absolutely. Um, you know, I do not have a a predetermined solution in mind, and nor should I, nor should anyone. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Today is day three of our four-day series of interviews with the mayoral candidates running in St. Louis City's March 2nd primary. And today, our guest is Kara Spencer. She is the city's 20th Ward Alderwoman. She got that job six years ago by toppling a 20-year incumbent. She aims to pull a similar upset next month. The four-person race includes two other candidates who've won multiple citywide elections. But Spencer is, as they say, in it to win it. And she joins us today to discuss what she She'd do if elected mayor. So, Alderwoman Kara Spencer, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So, I think it's fair to say citywide, you're the least well known of the three Democrats in this race. And election day is coming up so soon. Does it feel like a real battle just to get people to pay attention to the fact that that they have this election coming up? You're right. I, I am the only candidate in this election who has not run for the seat before. So uh, while my name is new, I think that's a real opportunity as um, as people are looking for a change. But you're right. It has been a bit of a challenge to get people to focus on local government issues, especially as we've seen so many disasters on the national level. But people really are turning in and digging into the mayor's race here. So we're also doing this with Prop D in place. This makes these elections nonpartisan. It also means approval voting. People can vote for as many candidates as they want, which is something totally different. Um, with the idea that you can vote for anyone you approve of, do you think being lesser known has advantages? You maybe don't have all the baggage that some of your opponents might have. That's right. Um, you know, I think what we're seeing is really people are looking for a change in government, uh, certainly on the local level. And, you know, the approval style really favors somebody like me who is a consensus builder, who, um, is, you know, gets the approval of a wide range of people. And we're seeing that bear out in, in what we're hearing at the doors, on the phones, and, and by talking to people. Uh, and so I think that this is an exciting opportunity um, to talk about policies and issues and what we will do instead of just the sort of personality-based political uh, discussion that often takes place. So let's talk about some of those policies. I would say that you are best known for your fight against airport privatization. What made stopping that plan such a big deal to you? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I was interested in uh, you know, the, in the proposal from the beginning, uh, which was, oh gosh, six years ago now, almost five years ago. Hmm. Um, you know, 
We are sitting here smack in the middle of the nation on some of the most incredible logistical assets in the nation. And our airport's one of them. We have not one, but two international airports here in the St. Louis region bisected by the nation's largest river. And we have the second largest inland port in the nation, the most efficiently functioning port, by the way, in the nation. So I view our airport and the future of it, not just as an asset that belongs to the city, but really something uh, that serves a very important vital role in what could be a incredibly booming industry and logistics and other things. We have got to be serious about how we take a look at that. And I did not view the approach that we took from the onset to be one that was uh, future minded in that it was, uh, did, was not inclusive of the business community and the regional leadership outside of St. Louis City uh, that could really drive a solution in the best interest of um, uh, the residents as a whole. So the idea of leasing this um, airport to a nonprofit or to a for profit entity. Uh, this appears to be dead for now. I never want to say things are permanently dead in St. Louis. It doesn't <laughs> seem to be how ideas work in this town. Um, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Do you have a plan to help bring in more traffic to this airport and get it up to where it needs to be? Sure. Well, Sarah, I would not say that the plan looks dead to me. Um, if uh, contributions on the political side of things uh, is any indication of future efforts or future desired efforts, I would say that the the proposal is certainly very much alive. And hmm. that's worrisome. You think they uh, gave up on Mayor Cruzen? They didn't give up on trying to lease this airport. Well, they're still making very significant contributions uh, in this mayor's race, as a matter of fact. And I think that is the real cause for concern. And when you uh, say they, uh, people who were behind this effort or the people who sure, wanted absolutely. to potentially bid on this, these people? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. The folks involved. Look, uh, your question was really about what I will do if elected mayor. And uh, first and foremost, bringing stakeholders, all of the stakeholders involved to the table. And the, some of those I've already mentioned are business community, the regional leadership, the state of Missouri. These are folks uh, that should be involved in the discussion about what's next for Lambert. Ha our current airport director, uh, Director Rhonda Hominybrugge, has done an excellent job of making that airport finally competitive on the national and international level. And she's done that by increasing traffic significantly. And that has reduced the cost of doing business at Lambert by about 50% in just the last decade, which is quite incredible. Mm -hmm. So we have increased capacity, but now the real question is, what do we do with all the unused land? How do we expand the offerings there to increase uh, uh, what St. Louisans have access to as far as uh, economic activity and just sheer travel? Um, and, and that is uh, imperative to the discussion. So what I will do is be bringing those stakeholders to the table to talk about how we can leverage um, the business community um, and how we can leverage those things that we already have in the works so that we can serve a brighter future. But we need to have uh, the investments lined up uh, and we need to have uh, all partners in place. And this can't be handled in a silo like we saw it happen over the last several years. Would you support regional governance for this airport that's currently owned and run by St. Louis City? I would support looking at it, absolutely. Um, you know, I do not have a, a predetermined solution in mind, and nor should I, nor should anyone running for mayor right now. Uh, because we have not done a full evaluation of the asset, we haven't even taken a look at what the risks associated of going down different paths may be. Um, and that was a real failure of the last 
not one, but two efforts to privatize <laughs> the airport. We have to remember it wasn't just uh, Mayor Kristen who was looking at that. After that plan failed, the president of the board took up that proposal and tried to ram it through the Board of Aldermen at the end of, uh, at the, end of the summer. So I think it's important to really be very judicious and very comprehensive uh, in looking at what we can and should be doing, but certainly bringing the regional leadership to the table and certainly bringing the business community into the discussion to talk about how that airport can better serve all of us, including the state of Missouri. So we've been talking a lot about the airport. I think it's fair to say the big topic in this race is crime. You've got a 10-point plan for this. We don't want to go through all 10 points. If people want more, they can find that on your website. But you lead with something called focused deterrence. Tell us what this is about. Focus Deterrence is a data-driven program. It's worked in cities across the nation to help really address violence. Most recently in Oakland, it was uh, very successful in dropping their homicide rate by about 50% in just five years. What it does is it focuses on the very small number of people, individuals at high risk for being involved in violent crime. We have been focusing our efforts geographically here in those rectangle triangles, and that's had limited success. We're sweeping everybody in a neighborhood under the same rug. And, you know, living in and representing that South Side Triangle, I can tell you that the vast majority of people that live here are law-abiding citizens. So focused deterrence shifts that focus on the very, very small number of people connects them with resources uh, that they can use to turn their lives around, and really focuses law enforcement uh, uh, when they don't. And it's very, very successful, and, and it really helps target uh, an approach to uh, violence. Hmm. So this would be somewhat like Hayden's Rectangle, named uh, for our current chief, police chief John Hayden, in that it would be targeting um, some areas that are problems. But rather than target neighborhoods like the one that you represent, it would be targeting the people within them. What, what kind of... Sorry, it's go a, ahead. Well, it's actually, Sarah, very different from the triangle approach. I mean, you know, that is... The, the triangle approach is really focusing policing. And what Focus Deterrence does, it brings partners to the table hmm. and it helps connect folk to jobs and it helps connect those individuals to the tools they need to turn their lives around. So it's a different approach. It takes a very coordinated approach, and that's where bringing in professionals, those folks who have helped do this in other cities, is going to be very important to the success of bringing it here to St. Louis. So Jimmy Edwards has been public safety director for Mayor Krusen. Would you keep him on as, as you pursue this plan? You know, I have to say, I've known Judge Edwards for so many years. Um, I was a volunteer at the Juvenile Detention Center uh, for almost a decade and came to admire his work there. I do think that we've had a lot of missed opportunities here uh, with regards to public safety, um, and I think it's time that we take a different direction. Uh, whether Judge Edwards stays on or not is not something um, I'm prepared to answer right now, but I do think that it's time to to have a major shift in how we are uh, approaching public safety in St. Louis. So the St. Louis Young Democrats, they had said that for their endorsement process, they only wanted to consider people who'd vowed to reject all contributions from the Police Union Political Action Committee. You did agree to that pledge. What, what made you decide that um, this is something that's not welcome for your campaign? Well, I, look, I mean, I, I work with our police department. I think it's important that uh, a public safety plan be rooted in mending the relationship between the community and the police department. 
But I do think that um, there is a distrust there. Um, and I'm not interested in really serving uh, on <laughs> the needs of the, the police department as a first and foremost priority. I think uh, the public has an overwhelming desire to see a change uh, in how we deploy public safety and I think it's become a hot-button topic and that's a real problem I am I am committed to mending that um, but on the forefront I, I'm just not uh, accepting of those contributions at this time what do you think about that phrase defund the police is that something you support well the term in and of itself has so many meanings different meanings for different people and I think for that reason alone it is a difficult place to start with with when you're talking about building consensus but I think it's important that uh, the real purpose of that discussion be one that um, we all take part of um, the defund the police concept is really rooted in redirecting funds and addressing crime at the root cause. And I am absolutely in favor of that. We have to have a public safety plan that's rooted in trust and serving our citizens. And my 10-point plan does just that. I think, um, you know, the hiring of social workers that uh, Mayor Krusen put in place, the Cops and Clinicians Program, is an excellent example of starting to reorient uh, funding of public safety efforts uh, in a different way. And if I'm elected mayor, I will take that program, expand on it, and uh, implement other strategies like a 311 system that can reroute some of those non-emergency phone calls um, to folks outside of traditional law enforcement to, to better serve our residents. You mentioned 311. You've also been talking about the 911 problem in this city for a long time. People call 911, oh they don't get an answer, they get a busy signal. This is something it sounds like you've, you've heard about a lot as an older woman. Sarah, I've not just heard about it. I have experienced it so many times. The fact that our 911 system of answering emergency calls doesn't function well is devastating. I mean, when you're hearing gunfire in front of your house, you see somebody in distress experiencing a drug overdose or something like that, um, and you are calling for an emergency and you get a recording, it's absolutely devastating. It's happened to me time and time again, and it's a real breakdown in trust. We know that we have communities that do not trust our police department, and when they are engaging or willing to share vital information with our police department, the first thing we need to do at the very least is pick up the phone and we're not doing that so if elected as mayor uh, fixing 911 will be a key strategy for for rebuilding that trust and uh, you know putting in a comprehensive 911 answering system uh, that includes technology and overflow so that uh, no call goes unanswered we know that 25 percent of all 911 calls right now are being answered by a recording. It doesn't allow somebody to leave very vital information, somebody who may be witnessing illegal or dangerous activity to give that information, red shirt, green hat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that, that can leave your mind in, um, in a very high stress uh, situation immediately. We need to be able to capture that information and we need to be able to take the very vital information that folks uh, need to give to our police department in times of distress. We're talking today to St. Louis Alderwoman Kara Spencer. This is part of a series of interviews with all four mayoral candidates. We want to remind you the primary is March 2nd. That is coming up fast. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. 
Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation. We're talking today to St. Louis Alderwoman Kara Spencer. She's running for mayor, and this interview is part of a four-day series of one-on-one interviews with the four candidates. You can find podcasts of our interviews with Andrew Jones and Tashara Jones on our website or wherever you get our, your podcasts. And tomorrow, we will talk to Aldermanic President Lewis Reed. Um, Kara, we did have a question that came in on our Facebook page. Philip uh, writes, several studies have found that a lack of financial resources and a lack of meaningful employment are just some of the factors that lead to crime in urban areas. What is your plan to bring jobs to the city, and how do we ensure that those jobs go to the residents who need them the most? Oh, Philip's absolutely right. I mean, having a robust economy is going to be key to ending the sort of cycle of violence. But we have to start ticking that down. If we're going to be serious about, you know, recruiting employers to St. Louis, we have to show the employers uh, nationally that we are serious about uh, addressing violence. So it's a, it's a two, we have to be able to walk and chew gum here, Sarah. So uh, starting to really address some of those structural issues um, is going to be key to, to really recruiting jobs, how we're going to make sure that they get in the hands of people who need them. You know, it's the city's responsibility here to make sure that we are providing a you know, a workforce that's prepared. And that's why my education plan really focuses on our uh, St. Louis public school kids. These are our lifelong residents here in the city of St. Louis and making sure that we have a a qualified workforce uh, and uh, those kids are prepared to enter and be be successful in life. Hmm. So you mentioned schools there. Uh, The superintendent of schools for uh, the St. Louis public schools, he said he would like to see a moratorium on new charters opening in the city uh, within the district's borders. Are you in favor of that? You know, I am that, you know, when we took a look at the proposed closure, which started out at 11 schools, it was devastating. This is totally uh, uh, devastating to families and communities. And so um, I sat down with Dr. Adams and the elected school board. I am the only mayoral candidate to have done that uh, to really hear what is it that the city of St. Louis, the administration needs to do to support our public school kids, uh, who, by the way, make up the vast, you know, the majority of kids in our school and in our city. Um, And when Dr. Adams made it very clear uh, that we need to have a plan uh, to educate all of our kids before opening another school, uh, I committed to that and I remain committed to doing just that, having a convening of stakeholders to look at uh, education holistically across the different types of schools that kids are currently enrolled in. You've called for the city to offer special education through a separately funded special school district. Mm -hmm. Why not just join the county's existing uh, special school district? Oh, we can. I mean, those are not mutually exclusive ideas, Sarah. Okay. Um, You know, the concept really here is to make sure that we have the funding uh, to provide for the needs of our children who uh, have a 
additional needs beyond traditional learning. And that's important not just for the kids who do have special needs, and the city of St. Louis does have a fair number of our children who do, but it's really as well to support those children who don't, uh, making sure that we are we have the mechanism and the funding to, to address those outside of the traditional classroom. We'll ensure that all kids uh, have the education they need to be successful. And the teachers are not tasked with addressing the needs of children for whom they don't have proper training to, to do that. That's been an enormous problem uh, for our public school teachers and their students. So we talked earlier about one of your bigger successes, which involved the effort uh, that you were a part of that ended up stopping or at least pausing airport privatization. I know you feel this thing is not dead yet, but let's talk about something that's a failure. Um, you tried to stop the city from funding renovations to Enterprise Center, where the Blues play. You fought tooth and nail, and that $64 million package went through. You even filed a lawsuit after it went through, um, saying that you know the city had acted in a way it, it, it couldn't act. You ultimately dropped that lawsuit. Do you have any regrets about how all that went down? You know, I don't. I mean, the conversation really was around uh, the funding uh, of upgrades to a sports facility uh, that, um, you know, I mean, everybody loves the Blues. I do as well. I mean, they're great for the bottom line. They're great for morale. But the reality is that 60-some-odd million bonds out to be $108 million. We obligated ourselves uh, for... 30 years to pay for upgrades to a facility that we don't own. Um, and I viewed that as an egregious abuse of tax dollars. The folks who brought that before us uh, were, uh, you know, uh, not forthcoming in, in the original agreements, and, and there were some real discrepancies there. And I do not think that the city of St. Louis or any municipality should be responsible f alone for uh, for investing in a facility that serves the broader region. I think we should have been in discussions with St. Louis County uh, and those fans uh, who use and enjoy the facility and frankly get a subsidy on, on that enjoyment on the backs of city taxpayers. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not to say that we shouldn't come to the table with something. But uh, the fact that we failed to negotiate on our own behalf, and now you're seeing the city forking over millions of dollars uh, when we're barely able to make ends meet. And this is going to have a negative impact on the rest of the residents. So if you're elected mayor, you're going to have to deal with board president Lewis Reed. He's one of your opponents in this race. He was on the opposite side of you on that Enterprise Center deal. Mm -hmm. um, he was also on the opposite side uh, when it came to the airport. Do you think you can work together with him? Sure. I mean, look, I, I've worked together with President Reed on lots of issues uh, beyond the ones we've disagreed with. Um, and, you know, I take that same approach to uh, my fellow aldermen. We often disagree on something like ward reduction, for example. But I've been able to get an enormous amount of legislative issues through the Board of Aldermen because I uh, am able to uh, parse out the personality uh, and the issue. And that's important here. We have got to have a mayor who can get along with the Board of Aldermen, knows how to get policies through, and can be effective at working with people with whom you may not always agree. And that is going to be important, not just with the Board of Aldermen, but the entire region uh, and the state of Missouri, who's frankly of a different political party than the vast majority of St. Louis residents. So um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we're going to have to get along. Uh, I am prepared to do just that. So you are a native of South City, and you've only represented the South Side on the Board of Aldermen. That's, that's how it works. You couldn't have a district on the North Side. You live in the, in the South Side. But what makes you think that you can represent the North Side as mayor? 
Well, um, you know, Sarah, I do live on the south side here now, but I bought my first house north of the uh, north of the Del Mar Divide, hmm. um, and I lived there for many, many years. What neighborhood um, were you in when you when you? Lived? I was in, <laughs> sure. Well, I, you know, the Del Mar Divide sort of switches to the Olive Divide in University City, uh, but I was in University City, uh, North Olive, and um, you know, I was certainly the minority uh, in in my neighborhood, uh, and. You know, I represent right now a very, very diverse uh, part of St. Louis, and it's a beautiful part of St. Louis. We definitely have our challenges. Um, and my neighborhoods in here in South St. Louis look a lot like many Northside neighborhoods, and I recognize the needs. Um, I have real experience in addressing them and turning around some of our most challenged neighborhoods. And I'm going to take that same approach uh, citywide if elected as our mayor. So there has been a lot of chatter. Um, you know, this is a, a Twitter type conversation, but there's been a lot of talk in on social media that if you're a true progressive, you need to support the black woman running in this race. What's your reaction to that as the white woman in this race? Sure. I mean, I think that race is the elephant in every conversation. You know, with Proposition D, um, I think we should be talking about policies, and um, I am happy to have that discussion. I mean, I think, you know, uh, while race in addressing issues, decades uh, of racism in St. Louis uh, is, a key, is a key to moving our community forward, um, you know, I think I have a track record of addressing uh, the needs of St. Louisans, um, and I look forward to earning the trust of of every community uh, and members uh, throughout the city of St. Louis uh, if I'm elected. So I'm curious to hear just a little bit about your background. I understand you grew up in the city. Um, what, what was your background of your family there? Sure. Well, um, I'm not your typical candidate for mayor in that regard. I mean, you know, I don't have a political background. Uh, my parents were not uh, in elected office, and, and neither was I. I am the first in my family to get a college degree. I paid my way through school, slinging burgers in northern Missouri, um, and I got a, a, a degree in mathematics. I worked in the field of analytics and consulting for about a decade and a half before deciding to run for office. Um, you know, I, I was the oldest of three kids. My uh, younger sister uh, died tragically and when, when, when uh, she was in high school. Uh, she became an organ donor. And, um, and that is a, a path that has been very um, healing for my family personally. Um, and I have a younger brother who's uh, a good decade younger than me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it's, so that's sort of my background, Sarah. You know, I, um, I never pictured myself in elected office, hmm. but seeing a disconnect between the community I live in um, and the representative and seeing the only free public pool, the largest asset for families down here closed by the city, it propelled me to take real action. And I decided to run for office to fix some of that. Um, and you know, that was 2015. I thought, well, maybe I'll just keep my old job and, and do this on the side. And I have to tell you, I absolutely love public service. I love these fights. I fight for the people, regular people every day. Um, and I've had some great successes doing it. Of course, you mentioned one of my uh, issues we did not win, but I don't regret that for a minute. It helped turn around the conversation about how we fund stadiums, how we fund public assets, and where our money can and should go. And as we look forward at a very, very 
very tough set of budget years ahead, we're going to look at that decision with new scrutiny. And as we dole out those millions of dollars of taxpayer money, we're going to look at that decision um, as one that may not be I believe in the best interest of our citizens, our city, as our community as a whole. So really, you owe your political career to the city closing Marquette Pool. Is that, is I that do. what this all comes down to? I mean, it really does. You know, I mean, and just look at this. I mean, you know, you look at this pool. It's not just any pool, Sarah. It's an Olympic-sized pool that was built in the heyday of St. Louis, and it was closed for almost no reason. It had a bad pump and needed some real structural work, um, and it needed a commitment to figuring out how to do that. And that's exactly what I brought to the table when I was elected. And now that pool uh, serves as a reminder of not just what our our neighborhoods used to be, but what they can be if we lead with our citizens' best interests at the heart of our decisions. And we really put serving our communities first. So I'm going to ask you three questions here, and I'm looking for brevity because we have just a few minutes left here, if that even. Um, first question is, what is the best thing about St. Louis? Oh, there's no one best thing about St. Louis, Sarah. You know one. that. I'll here. say, I'll say, our culture, jazz, the blues, our artists, our creative community. People who <laughs> I don't know that that's one thing, but okay, culture. I'll accept the the I'll say the creative community of St. Louis. There you go. Okay, what's the worst thing about St. Louis? The worst thing, um, racism. Our history um, of overt and structural racism. The you know racial covenants got started here. We segregated our own city. And um, that has resulted in not just physical dif difference, uh, distance, but um, real life expectancy. We did that. We perpetuated that. And it's our job as a city to fix it. So if you could sign an executive order on day one that would make one simple policy change, what would it be? Oh, I'm going to assume that we get an equitable distribution of the vaccine underway here. And I'm trusting that Dr. Eccles and others are working on that as we speak. So given that, I would say um, taking the guns out of hands of our children, not to punish them, but to prevent them from being involved in violence. You know, I had a gun put to my own head by a young man who was a child, and it was terrifying for me, but I'm, you know, still here. And mm -hmm. that boy, he lost his life that day to incarceration. So getting the guns out of hands, the hands of our kids uh, would be number one for me. So our very last question for you, and I'm going to ask you to keep this to the short version. I know there's a, a good long version here, too. But why should people take a chance on you? Well, um, I think people should trust me. And that's it. You know, asking people to vote for me as mayor is asking them to trust it's time for a change. It's time to change course, St. Louis. I'm bullish on our future. I know that we are going to grow over the next few years if I'm a layer elected as mayor. There's no doubt about it. We have a federal government coming to the table to support cities uh, like we haven't seen in years. We are going to bring down violence through smart, data-driven programs that we can put to work right away. If, uh, we should be laying the groundwork of what St. Louis should look like, a growing and thriving community. And if I'm elected mayor, I'm going to serve not just on the right side of issues, but with the same dogged, relentless determination that I brought to the airport privatization discussion and with a relentless commitment to our citizens uh, and the future, a brighter future for St. Louis and, uh, and the entire St. Louis region. Well, Alderwoman Kara Spencer, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thanks, Sarah. Enjoy this beautiful day out. I fully intend to do that. It does look amazing out there. And it we really will, does. We want to let you know you can find more information at karaspencerformayor.com. That's the numeral four. And also check out our interviews from Monday and Tuesday with Andrew Jones and Tashara Jones. The podcasts of those interviews are on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also be able to find Lewis Reads after we sit down with him tomorrow. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.